0: And publisher and Coming to you live from the place Franklin States In the west end of Richmond Where it is finally Wednesday Again, it's April 25th As we record this show um, The NCAA I, I think the NCAA asked for this The Rice Commission uh, on College Basketball uh, Released its findings this morning So we are going to get into that uh, tonight And we'll see what else we get into um, Shortly thereafter Depending on how long we rant and rave About what I believe is a largely um, frustrating and yet altogether um, expected, um, quote unquote, qu- conclusion that the committee came to. Uh, before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. Um, up in Fishersville, David Spence is on the show. How
1: are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Brad. None of my teams are currently playing. Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter?
0: <laughs> LeBron is currently playing, but I don't get worried about that until it's you know much later in the series. Speaking of teams who are playing. Um, the uh, old uh, Justin Ferber up in Arlington, his his Washington teams are still alive, tor- uh, tormenting him as always. Um, so he will be, uh, I'm sure, distractedly podcasting. Uh, Cavs corner also on Twitter, Cavs underscore corner, great place for in game updates, content items, and the occasional Woody banter. I think it's pretty great. that Ferber never even was like, "Yeah, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna I'm set the show out." No, he was, he was, he was all in, and I appreciate that. Um okay Dave you're going to be our um our summarizer um cuz I think you actually read the whole report I did not read the whole report as the one whose job is in college sports um talk to me a little bit about the the this thing what what were some of the 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 most egregious takeaways or the ones that mattered the most to you
1: I mean it, it's a lot of it's a lot and nothing all at the same time um I mean it it, it boils down to two things for me One, it it seems her, you know, her commission, her report, their report focuses largely on the outside influences, right? You know, that's pretty, pretty obvious, but they seem to point to, you know, the one and dones as a source of a lot of, you know, a lot of the shady activity going on. So they, they address that a lot. And then they, you and shoe money as evil number two, um, There's a lot of blowback today on, you know, and obviously they're they're talking about basically really enforcing your rules, having an independent uh, review board, um, recommending doing away with the one and done, obviously. Um, You know, urging the NBA NBA, uh, Players Association to look at allowing 18-year-olds back in the league. Um, And then kind of the, probably the biggest new piece of it would be Doing away with AAU basketball as the source of you know of, of camps and turning into almost like a, a hybrid between the NCAA and USA basketball and even the NBA, uh, having three levels of camp, one for your top 100 guys and le- level two for your your next phase and level three for all other players, um, which is probably to me like the most groundbreaking part of it, um, just because of the the infrastructure it takes you know, to put together such a thing. And then, you know, they go on to talk about, you know, if this were to come to be, this is the venue coaches could go actively recruit players from, not the the AAU events anymore. Um, So, I mean, it's a lot of stuff in there, and and then it's not. That's a horrible analogy, but that's kind of what it boils down to, because, you know, the one and done thing is out of the NCAA's hands. So, I think you brought it up on the board, maybe on Twitter as well, Brad, like they, I know certainly in our text thread, they kind of say it, you know, one of the commissions, the paragraphs in the report said that if the, you know, the, if the NBA Players Association doesn't do away with the one and done, they might look at freshman ineligibility like we used to have back in the day or even, or, um, counting a scholarship three or four years so if you recruit a guy who leaves after one year you can't fill a spot for two more i think as you read into like the discussion part of the report which uh, deep into the 60 pages they make it pretty clear that is just something they're doing as it's they don't think it's the right way they don't think it's a good thing but it's at their disposal if the nba doesn't take it seriously um you know, reading the reports, reading the reactions today, you know, they're kind of all over the place. I, I kind of get upset personally, and I'm sure you guys will weigh in on it. I I get kind of upset personally when everyone's like, well, they didn't even address paying the players. You know, to me, that's a non-starter. So in many ways, what this document boils down to in the simplest terms is they want the NCAA to enforce the rules that have already always been in place, and they want to do away with the Do away with the bad influences. I don't know how practical it is. I think it's kind of silly to say, hey, we should have tougher rules when there are tougher rules in place and people keep skirting by them. But anything we can do, in my mind, anything we do to start discussing the health of the game um, is a good thing. So whether it aggravates people and they come up with a better idea, that's great. Or if we implement some of these ideas, which I think as a whole, it was a pretty, you know, I, I like a lot of the ideas. I just don't know how practical they are. I think the thing that, um,
0: how do I, okay, you say that paying the players is a non-starter, and here's the here's what I would tell you. Paying the players might be a non-starter, but it is, it is that specific, uh, it is that specific cl- spot, it is that specific uh, log jam, so to speak, that is causing all the problems. Like we can talk about like there are a bunch of like let's go. Um they they wanna they blame the league. Uh, they blame the league for uh for um the one and done. They say the league needs to do this, the league and the and USA basketball need to do that. They say um, you know, obviously they wanna create these positions. They think that the um that the um, you know, they wanna add some non non um college slash university um positions, so to speak. That can because it it almost feels like the commission is sort of getting to the root of the problem, which is that the schools and the and the NCAA are part of the problem, right? That they are they are making decisions, um, you know, blaming the shoe companies, blaming grassroots basketball, and at the same time making multi million dollar, hundreds of millions of dollar apparel deals with with these same with these same companies. Uh, You can't on one hand tell me that um, that guy is the bad guy when that guy is also handling. Um, a portion of your business. And let's be honest, the shoe company handling a, a significant portion of college basketball. I, I don't like that some of these potential regulations, especially the one about the freshman thing, which I posted about on the board, would impact basketball players in a way that they don't impact anybody else. It, it makes sense to me that the professional league that basketball players could play um, in has its own rules. And so the NCAA can't dictate what the NBA or the NFL or MLS or MLB do, right? But to hold, to, to put, certain athletes under the ncaa umbrella in a different sort of um class so to speak right so oh you play your sport as a basketball so you now you have to sit out as a freshman i think that's that's the problem ultimately the the crux of this whole thing though dave comes right back to your point you say you you begin your you began your remarks by saying paying the players is a non-starter then none of this matters None of it matters. If if ultimately the NCAA is not going to budge at all on that front, then all of the problems that have popped up because of the void that that creates, are you, you can whack them all to death, but their other problems are going to pop up. You can have a USA Basketball go out and create these grassroots tournaments in the summer that then college coaches can go to see. How is that going to stop anybody from doing all of the things that they've already done, right? Because the shoe companies still have an incentive they still have an incentive, and the players who are still under a system that doesn't allow them to profit off of their likeness or their or their ability, they still have an incentive. The people around them still have an incentive. You can't stop uh, Johnny Recruit's mom from taking some money from Adidas by USA Basketball creating a, a, a camp. Nowhere in this con- in this conversation have they talked about providing any resources for families, because ultimately, that might be the one thing that might actually make some good, like tr- Talking to parents and family, and and players, um, about these topics at an early age. You know, when they're freshmen, sophomores in high school. Talk to me about like a traveling, um, a traveling group that's going to go around and speak to every basketball team and in uh, such and such. You know what I mean? Like talk to these players about what is and is not allowed. Talk to them about what the repercussions are. Talk to them about. Um, the rules and regulations of the of the process that they're about to go through prepare them for a for um for a system that is just rife with like like hangers on and people trying to make money off these kids including their own families until that one pressure point is relieved none of it none of it's going to change and i think the fact that they're and i don't i'm not blaming you dave i mean you're 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 a good dude and everything but like so many people think like that, that that's the non-starter. Well, then you're just going to continue to have this kind of cesspool, right? Um, I'm not saying football is any better, and I'm certainly not going to tell you that uh, that I have the answer, but I know the answer is not to continue to try to do something similar along the same lines and hope that it will have different
2: results. Does that make sense?
1: It does. I've got a long response, but I'll let Justin weigh in here <laughs> before the fourth quarter starts. I, I don't really
2: have that much to say about it honestly. Um, I, I, I'm not blown away by it. Um, I think that you know some of the things that they brought up are things that we already knew um, you know and, and ideas that have already been floated out there. so I don't really see a lot of groundbreaking stuff except for like what Dave said kind of revamping the feeder system into college basketball but I think uh, pretty simply and I, I've said this on the show before, but as long as players aren't getting paid, for their likeness or for playing or, or whatever, there's always going to be a black market, um, for it. I mean, it's, you can't get rid of it. You can try. Um, but it's like, you can try to pass different drug laws, but drugs are still going to get sold and, and consumed. So, uh, it, you know, it's, I, I get it. I mean, I understand that they're like, we need to deal with this, but I, like Brad said, I feel like it's kind of naive to think that, players aren't still going to get paid and and that this system you know like yeah it changes hands from the AAU system to now some other body is in charge of these camps but it's like I feel like there's still going to be some nefarious stuff going on there I mean you know like the the school's compliance departments can't can't play by the rules a lot of times I don't know why you know there still isn't going to be an exchange of money and and I don't think that I understand what Dave's saying that, like, you can't just pay the players, like, the schools can't, but I don't understand why they can't just, like, profit from their likeness and stuff like that. Um, that's, you know, that's extra money that, that is dictated by, like, a market, if there's a market for it. Right. Um, but I mean, like, that's basically how I feel about it. I don't, I don't think this really gets to the, I don't think this solves anything. Um, I mean, even if the one-and-done rule is gone, I think you'll still have players getting paid by schools or by shoe companies. I think that what you said, Brad, is kind of on the money. I think that you have to kind of have some resources in place for these families because they just, you know, it's a lot of money getting thrown around at them and, you know, life-changing money in some cases, and it's hard to turn down when the stakes... I mean, worst-case scenario, if you think your son is really good, uh, like, let's say Dennis Smith Jr., I'm just picking on him. Like... What's the downside to him taking some money? I mean, he's going to go pro in a year anyway, and and that's not going to be held against him in the draft process. And you know he'll eventually be able to pay that back times a hundred, you know, once he signs his first deal. So I mean, I don't I don't really see a big big uh, you know. Th- there's a lot of talk about sweeping changes on the horizon. I'm I'm not so sure.
0: I think one thing, Dave. Not to be bossy here. I, I do want to take back over for a second. Um, I. I think that there are some things in here that are actually worthwhile and I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think it's a good idea to be mindful of, okay, if we're going to allow a system for college kids to potentially go pro um, and, and allow them to come back, I think that's the right call. I think you look at it, they're like several hundred kids making themselves available for a draft of like what, 60 people. Right. Um, that's you, you're. I understand that the G League is a thing that exists But I ultimately kids don't go pro To go play in the G League A handful of kids obviously go pro Knowing that they're likely to end up there Um, But everybody has a dream And the dream is not to be in the G League The dream is to play in the NBA I think it's a good idea to keep their scholarships open um, until the the draft process, c- and they allow them to come back. I actually wouldn't. I mean, there are lots of options. You know, we, we talked a lot about the baseball rule. Um, hockey has a rule, I believe, where um, the player is, is. They're basically their rights belong to that team. Um, I, I I I wouldn't be opposed to that at all. That a player comes out of college, or excuse me, comes out of high school, if he thinks he's good enough, he can submit his name. He can get drafted if he if he agree if he wants to play professionally, he goes. If he decides not to, the professional team holds his right f- for the next three years. If the player then goes pro after that, then they can re-enter their name in the draft. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, probably makes too much sense. Uh, I think it's good to up uh, enforcement. I think telling the NCAA to do what the NCAA should have done in a number of cases is somewhat ironic, but it is definitely a thing that needed to happen. Um, I don't hate the idea of the NCAA being more involved in summer basketball. I don't like the idea that nobody on this, this commission on this panel seems to have really kind of even scratched the surface on like what it actually is and is not. Um, And that's somewhat disconcerting to me. Um, I do think that having USA basketball more involved is a good move Where's where are those resources coming from? Probably from a shoe company and a shoe deal. Um, let's not all pretend that they don't have a shoe deal too. Um, that that the that the apparel companies don't pay top dollar to try to be the team to be the people who who are you know outfitting the athletes at at very whatever competitions and whatever sports. Uh, so I, I do want to make, just make a point that like there's a lot of good here, but clearly. Um, at least from my point of view, I don't see what this commission, and I mean, look, a lot of stuff's going to get adopted. Like that's just going to get fast tracked. They're going to try to get it done. Uh, day, let's go back to you. You said you had a fairly long retort, <laughs> but, uh, you wanted to let Ferber go. And then I, then I jump line. I'm
1: sorry. That's all good. Um, I mean, I think the issue you have here is of the, all the sport, you know, any decision you make in NCAA when it comes to paying players or, or this resource or that resource it doesn't exist in a vacuum. So if you do that for basketball, Title Nine says you have to do it for everything, and that's the that's where a lot of the the biggest issues you know fall on. You you don't see this demand for one and done for NFL you know for college football players. The NFL is a different game. Um, you look at other sports like soccer or tennis or golf, where kids can go pro early, or they're set up. They're they're minor leagues and they're. Their tours are so big, you can make a very good living, you know, being in the, in the lower leagues, like a, A-class baseball, for instance. I mean, got to stay there in, in Europe with soccer. They'll sign a 15-year-old kid, and he'll play with the club forever. That's kind of their college. But in the NCAA spectrum of sports, basketball is kind of the outlier, outlier the the G League, as you will. I mean, you've seen stories about it the last few months. How little those guys make compared to their NBA brethren. Like, you're probably not going to be you're not going to be a G League player and and then take the rest of the year off. You're going to have another job. So, it's it's just that complexity that makes the paying you know making all your decisions based on basketball very difficult. Um, So. The thing I was thinking of today is, you know, what can the, I guess part of the problem is NCAA being greedy as well. So the, the way to eliminate this is to say, hey, you're going to play college basketball, you're going to play for three years. That's, you know, it's the baseball thing. They, they addressed it in the report today and how kind of impractical it was. But it's only impractical in the sense that you want to get the best talent you can that's maybe not ready for NBA to high school because you want your product better. So if there were a good minor league base basketball system where the guy who's maybe not a MB, ready for the NBA can has a second alternative or he goes to college for three years, then it would work. But the problem is the NCAA itself is not willing to take even like you know the the guys from say seventy five down who wouldn't get any interest from a G League affiliate out of high school. So when when the greed ends on both both sides then maybe you can take paying the player out of the equation completely. The reason I'm not in favor of paying players, even for profiting on their likeness, is because when you're, there's just, you know, maybe it's, it's still gonna be cheating. We got, have it now, so maybe I'm naive. Um, it's just, it becomes easier to cheat. You know, you can guarantee a player, hey, I've got a booster who's gonna buy 10,000 of your jerseys if you sign with us, and you'll get that money when you leave here. Um, It's above the board legal cheating, but it's still cheating, and I think it ends up hurting, you know, the other squads um, that can't afford to do that. So it's no perfect answer for it. Can't afford to do that. No,
0: hold on. Hold on. on, Wait, wait. The last time I checked, the ACC, as a group of schools, sold its rights to its media partner and made a. Lot of money off of it. Now I'm fully aware that those rights deals helped buoy all of those athletic departments, and they make it possible for other sports to have competitions. No, no problem with that at all. But let's not let's not pretend that college sports is all of a sudden broke because they're not. No, no. And I yeah. and I understand where you're coming from. You're
1: worried that like the best of the best are going to. You're not talking the top 15. I'm talking like the the programs below. Them, and I'm saying can't that match match if them. those
0: players are going to go to like, do we really think? that there's a world where Zion Williamson could have gone to Tulane, but the thing that's going to make him go to Duke is that he thinks he can make more money off his likeness at Duke. Bruh, he knows he can make more money already at Duke. He ain't worried about Tulane. The problem is not that. The problem is that you do have these fringe kids who are willing to take risky bets because they can't get paid, because their families see them as meal tickets, because the people around them, the adults around them, see them as meal tickets. If you were, yeah. if you set up a system where everybody got the same thing, okay? And it was some but that's and, and, and I understand yeah, where on. you're coming from. You're worried about an unintended consequence. All I'm saying is is that the current status quo it, it doesn't work. It's not going to work and even if you say likeness, okay, if a if if, if 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 Gatorade comes over and wants to sign Zion Williamson, what's that got to do with Marco Anthony? Nothing. What is Marco Anthony yeah. losing because Gatorade wants to put Zion Williamson's likeness on a bottle nothing he's not losing anything he can still go to the University of Virginia he can still get a great education he can still play basketball in the ACC and probably beat his butt twice a year right doesn't matter like none of that changes all it does is it keeps one it makes it so that people who have a skill are able to make money off of that skill it's like it's like college basketball college sports in general is like the one place in America where like capitalism is not a thing right we in America we are willing to sell everything we are willing to put a logo on anything, right? You even got to a point now where NBA teams have the logos on their jerseys, right? The you know Harley Davidson and John Deere tractor or whoever, right? Why college sport? Why is college sport? Why do we why why we pretend that amateurism all that amateurism and student athletes can't, can't that like for some reason that there can't be um, some semblance of like reason associated
2: with them like i guess my question to you would be I, do you want me to answer the question yeah go ahead Verbo. what's what do you think uh because the people that make the money off of it don't want to share it and there you go
0: like it's not it's not about that it can't be done it's that they don't want to do it like that's the bottom line right is that they don't they're want worried to that do if it. they
2: open up the pandora's box then the players will be unionized and they'll ask for more money And so on and so forth. I mean, I'm not saying that I agree with that. I'm just – that's the reason. Yeah. Because people do make money off of this. Like, I mean, like you can go to NCAA.com right now and buy – who's going to go high in the draft? Saquon Barkley's jersey, which just doesn't have his name on the back. Yeah.
0: How many many Point Extra and Quinn Blanding jerseys have been sold at UVA over the years, right? How many many, um, Kyle Guy jerseys are going to sell, right?
2: And I'm not saying – And, I mean, that would affect UVA's bottom line, I guess, but it wouldn't affect – I don't. I don't think it would really. I mean, it, it's not going to bankrupt them, like you know, to to share that money with Quinn or whoever.
0: My thing about it is, is that like, I understand that for a lot of people, let's just, let's just call the spade a spade, right? For a lot of people, for a lot of people, um, they're losing the essence of tradition. Okay, it used to be one thing, and it's not that thing anymore, right? This is somewhat true in football because expansion has taken away some rivalries, and you don't, you know, it's 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 such a spectacle and everything. In in basketball, it's much more about like, for some reason, the idea of the student athlete. And again, I'm not saying that there isn't a there isn't a place for kids who genuinely want to play college sports and use that as a as a way to get a free education. That's been the way it's been. I think it's going to be the way it's going to be. There is a subset of these players. The market is trying. The market is dying to give them money. The market says that they are marketable, and for whatever reason, we keep we keep pushing our heads up against this wall, bang and bang and bang and bang, to try and make sure that they don't get that. And the system continues to try to do it, and it's gonna keep doing it. And I, I honestly, I don't know. If the NCAA at this point, I mean, there's going to have to be like 10 different things that they do before they even get to a place where paying the player or compensating them in some way um, is even an, a possibility. I think there's some good stuff in here, but to ignore the big picture and just be like, oh, well, you know, we're going to basically say all we're, we're going to we're going to focus on this and the one and done. And I mean, it just it, it, it just seems like it misses the mark so wide that it's hard to take it seriously.
1: Yeah. Here's my question for you. Um, What, what, what basketball player recently is suffering, you know, that's out that's left now that a one and done who's gone now, which one of them is suffering because he didn't get didn't profit off his likeness in, in college. Like is Anthony Davis not as rich now because he didn't get a hundred thousand dollars in Jersey sales in college. I mean, what do you a $120 million deal? I mean, so the guys who are going to get paid get paid, right? And then the problem, you know, basketball, like, like I was saying earlier, basketball is a little different. You know, you've got it, – it's a little easier to see you know, the guys, who, you know, the Marvin Bagley's, the, the Carter's, the guys you know are going to be high picks. It's, but if you're paying them, you've got to do the same thing in, in football. And maybe, I mean, the answer, I think eventually we'll see it. The problem is you're, you're talking about a body that's got to govern this who can't even enforce their rules of amateurism they have now when they become as clean as a sham class. So it's not there's so much, ha- so much infrastructure has to be in place before I'd be comfortable with that that I don't know if I ever will be. And maybe that's because I'm older than you guys. I don't know what it is. But for me, also when you start, when you start paying a player for, you know, allowing a player to profit off his likeness, let's say you pay, I don't want to name a player, let's say, you know, John Smith commits to you and he's profiting off his likeness and he has an honor code violation, drops out, never finishes your school, are you obligated to pay him? You're obligated to let him collect on that trust fund? Like it becomes a lot different. That's where the unionization and all that stuff starts to come in. And then you're just looking at college being a, a professional league. Um, so I don't know that that's wrong. I just think it's, it's so far away from where we are now, it's a non-starter for me.
0: But does anybody care about the history student who, who, has, who works during the summer and might have a line on a, on a job and then doesn't come back and get their degree? Why, why do we care? Like why, why do we have this like penchant for like pretending like we care about whether or not this kid or that kid gets a degree? We don't do that for the regular students. You know, regular re- coding kid who is really smart and goes to work at Google, does anybody really worry that they didn't get their BA? Excuse me, I guess they get a BS. Like, do you see what I mean? Like, there's a point where, like, some of the hypocrisy just sort of shines through. We, we ultimately, like, we, let's be honest, like, we don't want to make changes because we like what it is. We don't want to change it. We don't be worried about any uh, unintended consequences. We don't want to be worried about that like nobody cares about the regular student who has a job. Nobody cares if the regular student hits it big and then doesn't come back and get their degree. You right? Like we we treat athletes differently. And uh, my thing is like what's the thing that makes them different? That they are that they have a talent that the that the world wants to pay them for but nobody seems to be cool with allowing them to make money off of.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, you're not wrong, Brad. And I, 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 my issue with it is who the hell's governing this thing. So, that's I guess the take-home point I'm trying to get to with all of this is what I do like about today's report is is kind of you know the emphasis on what we need outside and the infrastructure to to run a a program, you know to run a development camp or whatever it is, like all that makes sense. So, look if you're if you're insisting on it, it's trash if it doesn't include paying the players, then you're never you're not going to be happy anytime soon. So that's fair. I, I think. The long, the long, t- the the long answer I'm trying to get to is there's some stuff in the report today that if the NCAA is serious and the, you know the, the the schools are serious about about making changes, there's some very good ideas there. Now they have to be tweaked, and you you kind of you kind of brought up you know there was nothing about families. They they did start to address that. They they said that, you know, the certifying agent so they could talk to players, you know, agents can be certified when they be able to talk to players, be a resource for families and players, um, allowing players to take official visits earlier, getting five up till the end of their junior year, you know, starting the end of their sophomore. So five the year, of their sophomore, junior year, and then five more their senior year to discourage like under the table payments to afford you, you know, to allow them to do unofficial trips. That's one step. And then they mentioned giving the coaches and more people on the coaching staff, even down to trainers, giving them more direct contact with players in the off season, to also kind of diminish the, the need for funding for training with other people outside the, the normal basketball window. Like, those are good ideas that are easy to implement. And Will, you know, it, look, it's not like the, the shady people are, are walking into most college camp, you know, you know, walking up to Kyle Guy and, and the JPJ and selling them. You know it's, it's, you know, it's when that guy's back at home or when he's over here. So those ideas are good. And I think what concerned me the most with your actions today was because it didn't say anything about paying the players, it was trash. So those little things can go a long way. You kind of get more control over the game. And, look, it's not perfect. For example, like, I, I like the idea of having, having a camp that's kind of, you know, that's outside the purview of like what we have now, but I don't know that you can do it because I mean, most of our USA basketball people are are college basketball coaches. That's a really good position to have if you get to pick the top 100, right? So you've got to change that. And then you start looking at high school guys or retired guys and they can be bought off to, (laughs) to make a recruit. So it's not a perfect system, but I, I think we all, it's, it's like it's little things that have to be enforced. You've got to show desire to keep the game clean. You have to show it, you know, the desire to, to set up an infrastructure to keep it that way. And then when you do it, mean it. You know, enforcing damn rules is, is so simple. It's not going to fix the problem, but you've got, to, you've got to have some teeth. The ones who are going to cheat are going to cheat. Have some teeth to punish them when you do catch them. And then maybe... Then you can start talking about bringing in, you know, allowing players to profit from their likeness and all this other stuff. But when it's a Wild Wild West with the rules in place as it is, saying we're going to go from that to throwing money at players and that'll fix it doesn't seem right to me either.
0: One thing I want to make mention of real quick, and there are a lot of there are a lot of families and random people in the community who pack up minivans and. Um, and head to shoe events and AAU events all across the country throughout the spring and summer. And yeah, there are a handful of dudes who are shady and they're definitely doing some dirt, but you know what? There are a lot more people who are given their time. Um, not because they think they got the next LeBron James, but because they think they got the next David Spence, you know, a kid who, who they want to support and they want to take on travel teams and have fun. Um, and I, and I understand why they get demonized. I understand why the AU is the thing that everybody focuses on. But can we be? Can we at least open up the possibility that not everybody is out there trying to get paid? Because I, see, I mean, I go to AU events all the time. You know what I see the most of? I see most of families, man. May, yeah, some of them are hoping that those kids can can develop into NBA players. There's no doubt about that. A lot of them are, but you know, the vast majority of them aren't going to do it, and they know it. And I know that's not as tantalizing, right? That's not as fun. You know, we want to we wanna talk about the shoe companies and how evil they are, Then they probably are on some level, and we want to talk about all the people with their hands out, and there are people with their hands out. But the vast majority of the people who go to these events, I mean, yeah, you might hear about, you know, Adidas in, in D.C. and Adidas in Indianapolis and Adidas in Dallas and EYBL in Dallas and whatever, but, the, but there are a lot more kids and a lot more events, um, than just those, and those people don't deserve to be demonized the way that um, the collective sort of narrative around this demonizes them. Um, in, in, the NCAA is as shady as anybody else, and the idea the NCAA is going to step in and run a clean summer program um, just because USA Basketball is there. I mean, I would argue with you that that the reason that that Duke has been getting these <laughs> these incredible recruiting classes. Probably because Coach K gets to evaluate these kids on a very different level, being ahead of USA Basketball. Um, I mean, we 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 just pretend like that's not a thing. Um, and you're Dave, you're absolutely right. Like every everybody is in some way, um, not tainted, but everybody's in some way compromised, right? The, if you if you're gonna choose USA basketball, they have a deal with an apparel company. They have deal that you know they have college coaches who come. So how does that work and how is that fair? I mean, you have you, people. who care. There are legitimately college coaches who are upset that Virginia's J P J gets to host the top 100 camp every year um, because they don't want it on their campus. Imagine if you if you allowed a handful of college coaches, like you said, to pick the players who get to be on all the summer league teams that they get to see. Um, I, I think that the the, the thing about it so far is that the market has figured out a way uh, to to not just support these kids but to make these tournaments happen and ultimately I think there's more good than bad that comes out of that. Now whether or not that that, that system changes and what happens to it, I mean that obviously remains to be seen. I, I think you're right that there's a lot of good in this thing and there are a lot of things that should be implemented. I think you have to give the law you know some teeth. I think you know, UNC, UNC skating on on what it did because it wasn't under the NCAA's purview, just invites people to do more dirt. Um, the 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 investigation and everything just invites people to do more dirt um, because clearly nothing has happened. You know, like yeah, some assistant coaches got fired, but like ultimately one of them just one of these one of these uh, AU guys apparently didn't pay the guy, and so he just got to keep the money. Like think about that. Like he basically took money to give to somebody else, and because he didn't give the money to somebody else, he was not only not he didn't have to go to prison, but he also could just keep the money. Um, it it is it is a daunting task to come up with a bunch of regulations that are somehow going to fix everything. And i I am certainly no expert. I mean, I, I I speak about my opinion on a, on a podcast. I run a website. I cover the kids, but ultimately, I don't have the experience. Um, I certainly. Don't have a list of um, recommendations that I would make. I think the idea of freshman ineligibility um, is whack. I think it's always going to be whack. I think that if the answer to the NBA not uh, fixing one and done is to basically force kids to not go to college because now they just go to the G League instead, I don't think that's good for kids. Um, at least if you, at least if they go to, you know, you go to college, you at least have some semblance of a life that's not, you know, that's not, um, totally geared around, uh, profiting off of you. I do believe that a lot, a lot of these kids that go to colleges, um, yeah, sure. They, they're big men on campus and there's all that stuff. But I do think that genuinely they, they have people around them at the school who are trying to take care of them, who are trying to show them the right way. I think they're trying to prepare them. I, I I do think that, you know, there is some good to going to a program and being like, okay, maybe we don't necessarily need you to focus on geology or other such subjects, but you know what you should focus on? Money management. You know, you know what you should focus on? Like how how to, but you know, how to budget, you know, they, those kind of real world tasks, you know? Maybe maybe one of the things we should do is think about a college education as that if we're thinking about that as compensation, we think about that in terms of a compensation that the, that the athlete can actually spend, right? Because um, a regular Bachelor of Arts or Bachelor of Science, what's that really gonna do for them? Um, what's, how is that preparing them for the life that they're going to lead? And I understand there are a lot of kids out there who aren't gonna lead that life and maybe they choose different paths. But ultimately, the, the idea that... that that it's better for these kids to just not go to college because they're going to play one year and be gone. We're putting the game above the kids. And isn't that the, the most hypocritical thing you've heard? Right. The idea that we're just going to be like, you know what, you're going to be too good. So we don't care about you because you're going to hurt our game. Like the whole point of the, the whole point of the whole, the the deal was that, oh, this is bad for, this is bad for college basketball as a whole and it's bad for the kids. That's why, that's why they can't be paid, right? Because they're not ready for it or they're, you know, it's going to invite some, some evil actors or whatever. I, I, I just, I trip over that and I can't, I can't really help it. Um, I hope that on some level there, there is some, at, at some point in the not too distant future, there's some meeting of the minds and there's a place where, you know, we can release that pressure valve and, and we figure out a system that works maybe some of these things will help and they'll get us to whatever that point is i'm i'm a little dubious about it i'm not gonna lie i feel like we lost ferber um but then again i'm not entirely I'm back. I'm back i'm not
1: entirely sure if ferber's uh, you, it's five minutes i'm not <laughs> entirely sure ferber's mic is actually
0: recording recording so this ought to be a, a fun edit for me uh including editing out what i just said if, if i can't
2: i mean i haven't really said anything so <laughs> i think
0: you should be fine it's just uh, us reacting to you would be the worst um
1: I guess um what was I do kind of think it's ridiculous that we're we're having all this discussion over essentially what amounts to 8 to 10 guys a year.
0: Yeah. What is it like, like there've been 112 dudes gasway said since the since 2000 since the since the one right. and done rule
1: um and almost all of them come from one of six schools. So I mean it's it it is what it is but you know when those guys are getting six figures out of out of college i guess it distorts it all for everyone
0: i mean i i think if there's one thing out of this whole deal that i think should be implemented like tonight it is if a player goes pro if a player declares for the draft and doesn't get drafted they can go back to school like i i mean I, i don't know where you draw the line like would you even get that far if you don't have an agent um, maybe the NCAA in its wisdom
1: that works. If you have the certified, I would say
0: if thing. the, if the Indian the wisdom can have a, a, a group of agents that the player could choose from. So like, if you had a certified agent, you could go through the process, you know, nothing bad, whatever, whatever, let that kid come back to school. Do that today. Like there are too many, like there are too. I see these kids declaring for the draft. I'm like, there's just no chance that that kid's going to get drafted and make any actual money. Um,
1: and what it's sad is not—it's not, not the first-year guys. There's a lot of juniors declaring down. I'm like, what? What are you thinking? <laughs> you know, you have the right—I won't name names—but there's juniors every year that do the same thing. You know, that are just as unlikely to get drafted as that as that first-year leaving. So it's, you know, it, it's a—it's an issue, but you know, it's a personal decision they make. And but you know, it's still such a small—it is such a small number of guys who the NBA is even interested in at that age. It's just. I don't know. It, it's not easy. I mean, God bless them for getting a report out so fast and demanding the NBA give an answer by the end of 2018.
0: So, one thing I just I just thought of. You, all right, let's say they removed the one and done, so kids out of high school could go pro. Um, if they did not get drafted, they could still sign with a team and play for that team. If they play in college, they had to play three years.
1: The baseball rule.
0: And yeah. if, yeah. And and if they and if they declared as a junior and then didn't get drafted, they could come back for their senior year and finish it out. I wonder if, if you remove the one and done, that's not just, I mean, look, look, I don't think any of us is naive enough to think that, like, we've only had issues in college basketball with money and players since the one and done. But the one and done has definitely exacerbated it. If you took that off the table, you gave the kids the option to go, gave them a safety net in case they didn't get drafted, and then also gave them a safety net in case they went as a, as a junior and didn't get drafted. I mean, I kind of feel like those changes in and of themselves would solve a lot of problems. Then you could figure out summer league basketball. You could, you know, but a lot of it would, 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 a lot of the, um, a lot of the pressure would be alleviated because you would allow those players to get the heck out of the NCAA's hair, you know, where they don't belong because they're going to be professionals.
1: Yeah, I feel that. I mean, they, they addressed this very thing in the, in the discussion part of the report today. I'm trying to find it. Like they brought up the baseball example and why it wouldn't work. Um,
0: well, I think at this point we have sufficiently beaten the, the horse to death, and we've we've obviously we're never going to solve the NCAA's problems. We certainly haven't done it tonight. It was a fun conversation, though, as as the podcast typically is. I'm just hopeful Justin's at this point that whatever, <laughs> yeah, Justin was Justin was a really big contributor on this show. I'm really I'm really hoping that whatever he contributed did actually make its way into a recording that'll that'll work. So. Um, if people hear this, they just think it's funny because I'm fretting over nothing because Justin was clearly in the early on the podcast. If if you they never hear this, that means that he wasn't and I've edited it all out. Um so okay, Sun Saturday is the last practice for fall uh, for spring ball. Uh I will be there. Ferber will not be there. Dave, you are still on the fence? Uh 50, 50. All right, so he's still on the fence. But some of us will be there. Um, and at least we'll talk about what we saw next week. Which maybe maybe I have to bring Damon back because you guys might not see it. Um, and I don't want you to have to like listen to me pontificate any more than you normally do. Um, but I do want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. If you haven't reviewed us uh, on iTunes uh, on Apple Podcasts, I mean, please do that um, or whatever wherever you get your podcast. Um, and if you're new to the podcast or or you listen to the podcast but you haven't become a member of Caps Corner, please give us a look there as well. Um, my daughter's college fund would be um very appreciative of your support. Um, so for Justin Ferber, um, who may or may not be paying any attention right now, uh, and for David Spence, I am Brad Franklin, publisher of Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.